What a place to be in the presence of God. Amen. Let's just bow our heads today and go to the Lord in prayer. Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your presence. Lord, we know you're here for you said that you would be where two or three are gathered in your name. There you would be, Lord. And we're just believing, Father, that you're here in our midst as your word declared that you would be. For, Lord, that's the only thing that we can stand upon is your word. And we know that that word is true today, even as it was wrote thousands of years ago, Lord. It's still a living truth today. Father, we just want to thank you for all that you've done in our lives. You've been so wonderful to us, Lord. And, Lord, you've taken us, Lord, out of the miry clay, and you set our feet upon a rock, Lord. A firm foundation, a place, Lord, that we can stand without fear or worry. But, Lord, we can stand and face the enemy, Lord, straight on, Lord, knowing where we're standing at, that unfailing word of promises. We commit this service, your hands, everything to be said and done. Lord, for your glory and for your honor, we commit this service to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can turn to 1 Corinthians 15. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord with you. Always good to be in his house with his children. Amen. And I bring you greetings from Brother Jason Jackson and his assembly. Amen. We had a couple of wonderful services with them. And amen. They're pressing the battle just as we are. Amen. And overcoming. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. First Corinthians 15 and verse 51 said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying, that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. We'll let you be seated. <clears throat> I'd like to just speak to you this evening on He giveth us, us the victory. Amen. Amen. He giveth us the victory. So we're given a promise of victory. Amen. Just at the thought of Him promising us victory. It ought to give courage to us this morning, yeah. this evening, amen, that no matter what we have going on, no matter what we're facing right now, the situation in our life, amen, whatever it may be, he promised victory, amen, so, but we cannot achieve this victory on our own, you know, Paul here facing death, the grave looking him in the face, he turned and looked at, right, looked at it right back in the face and said, you will not get the victory, 
Amen. Because one day this mortal shall put on immortality. And he began to, amen, as it almost were, he began to begin to speak to death and just let death know what his place was. And he said, this, corruption shall, this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Now, you know, we're looking here as he's speaking of the resurrection that is coming or the rapture of the church. Because he said, now we all, amen, may, may, we may, may all not sleep, but we're all going to be changed. And so he's speaking about the rapture that is coming. And, and you know, he was no doubt looking for it in his day. But he even before it came and he began to get caught up in this thought of how that the corruption, corruption was going to give in to incorruption and mortality was going to give in to immortality that it so overwhelmed him in his, and it so anointed him that he could look at death right in that hour and say, death, where is thy sting? grave where is our victory amen so we have been promised this victory and we we can't achieve this victory on our own none of us can achieve the victory that Paul is speaking about so God would have to put the power in the church amen to bring forth the victory that is promised amen but God has given us the victory now we may not all face the grave but if you do there's a promise of victory Amen. But we as believers believe that many of us will be alive and remain at the coming of the Lord. But I, I think there's more than one grave. I believe that many of us has been no doubt at times defeated or bound in graves of sin and unbelief. Or graves of uh, sicknesses or held by creeds and uh, graves of creeds and dogmas or graves of sin or graves of sickness. But God giveth the victory. Amen. And even right now you can look at that grave and you can say, grave, where is your victory? Amen. Where have you obtained this? You know, I believe Satan's been fighting now for 2,000 years past the death of, and the resurrection of Christ. He has, he has put many in the grave. He has taken many of them and tortured them and, and maimed them and done all kinds of things to them. And, and he, has, he has taken many and brought sicknesses and all this. But we ought to look the devil in the eye and say, where's your victory at? You all of, after all of this, you still have not achieved victory, nor will you ever achieve victory. Amen. But you this evening, no matter what you're going through, no matter what the situation in your life, amen, you can look at that thing and say, where's your sting at? Where's your victory at? But I'm going to be overcoming. I'm going to overcome you. Amen. So we know for him to give the victory, he has to produce the power to receive the victory. Amen. So if he would promise a victory over sickness, he would have to produce the power. Amen. So for us to receive that victory. Amen. If he was to produce the power of an overcoming life or the promise of an overcoming life in this hour, he would have to produce the power to produce an overcoming life. And I believe he has put that in the church. Amen. Amen. I, I want to look at the scriptures in Zechariah 4 and verse 1. It speaks of an angel that talked with him that, come, that came again and it waked me as a man that was waking out of his sleep and said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I've looked and behold a candlestick all of gold and a bowl on top of it and his seven lamps therein and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are on the top thereof and two olive trees by one upon the right side of the bowl and the other on the left side of the bowl, the Old and New Testament. Amen. So I answered and spake unto the angel that talked with me, What are these things, my Lord? And the angel that talked answered and said, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, Lord. And he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, 
nor my power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, Zerubbabel was coming to rebuild the temple. Amen. He was coming to bring it back up and, and, and to rebuild it. And, and I want you to notice he came right back to the place that it was, I mean, that it was built. And he says, but, but God was speaking to him and he said, now, Zerubbabel, it's not by your might or by your power that these things are going to happen, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. And, and, and to, in this hour that we live in, it's not our might, it's not our power, it's not because we belong to a certain church or we have a certain creed or, or certain dogma, it's not what we believe or, or what we think we have, it's by his spirit, saith the Lord. So he has to put something into the church to produce the works that he promised he would do. Amen. So, amen. When he, when he spoke this, he said, it's not by your might. It's not by your power, but my, my spirit. The next verse says, who art thou, O great mountain? Hallelujah. Amen. If we're talking about the spirit of God being in the church, who art thou, O sickness? Who art thou, O sin? Who art thou, O unbelief? Who are you to come up against the armies and defy the armies of the living God? There is a power greater here than you. Hallelujah. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become as a plain. In other words, when this one, this one that with this power and with this might and this spirit gets through with you, there won't be nothing to resemble what you look like to begin with. Hallelujah. When the power of God comes upon cancer, it leaves cancer in such a place that it don't even resemble what it looked like before it came. Amen. We're a witness to that. When the power of God comes upon a little sick girl, amen, that lost her hair, when the Spirit of God comes upon all that mountain, who are you? Come on, church. Who are you, old mountain, to stand before the church of the living God? Amen. He gave first church the power to achieve victory. And I want you to see what he talks about here. He says, the hands of Zerubbabel, in verse 9, have laid the foundation of his house. So he's laid the foundation, but then he said, his hands shall also finish it. (laughs) He who started the work is going to finish the work. So if he laid the foundation of his, of his church, now, now when he was speaking to him, oh, great mountain, he was actually speaking to Zerubbabel as he was bringing forth the headstone or the finishing of the building or the completion of the building, amen. So he was showing that the same power that started the church is also going to be the same power that's going to finish the church. It's going to, so if the first church had the power to achieve victory, the power to heal sickness, the power to overcome every kind of disease, the power to make the lame walk, the power to make the dead rise, if the first church had that, the foundation stones, as the headstone is coming to the completion of the building, the same power will be there. Hallelujah. So the power to lift a lame man from birth whose bones were there and it was so deformed that again he didn't have strength to stand up. He didn't have strength to do anything to walk around. But when the power that was in that church came upon that man, it gave strength for him to raise. And he began to run around and praise God and thank God for his healing. Amen. If the same powers in the church 
in the, in the coming of the capstone and the finishing of the building. Amen. It's got enough power to, to fall upon somebody that don't got the strength to, fa- to face sin or don't got the strength to face sickness or don't got the strength to overcome. When that power falls upon that person, it'll give them the strength to stand against every wild of the devil. The gates of hell will not prevail. Amen. But here he is in the last day, not laying the foundation, but it's the coming of the completion. And so at the coming of the completion, oh, great mountain, before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. Amen. We are built upon the same foundation, same power, same anointing, same God in our midst. Where are you, sickness? Who do you think you are? Who are you, sickness? Who do you think you are? Satan, who do you claim to be? Every claim that you ever had was canceled at Calvary. You're nothing but a bluff, and you have no rights. We defy you in the name of Jesus Christ as a Holy Ghost-filled body. Let the God that guided me through my life, the God that gives visions and speaks his word to come to pass, let him through the name of Jesus drive away every sickness that's in the midst of his people. You said speak and don't doubt, but believe what you said will come to pass. You can have it. Amen. You need to look at that mountain that's facing you and say, who do you think you are, mountain? Amen. Whatever it is, some kind of sickness or some kind of disease or some family problem or some sin in your life, you need to look at that thing and say, who do you think you are? Amen. I did not come here for you to overcome me. I have been placed here to overcome you. Amen. So it's, but it's not our might or our strength it's not our power or what we can achieve it's his spirit it's him that's working in our midst hallelujah it's him in our services do you hear me it's him that's walking among us and healing our diseases and, and raising the dead among us and, and causing life and to come into the body amen it is him that is doing this It's not some minister or some person or or anybody. It's him in his church. Hallelujah. These things in in, in Revelations uh, or in the church age book, he says, these things saith the first and the last which was dead and is alive. The first and the last which was dead and is alive. He said, notice, these are not the words of a man. Listen to this. He said, a mere man, if he could speak in the grave, he would say, I am the first and the last which was alive and now dead. But that ain't the way he said it, was it? No, he said, I was dead, but now alive. The first thing that happens to a man when he's born is alive. The last thing that happens is he dies. So this is not man that's speaking. This is deity that's speaking. And, and he says, the man Adam took life and turned it to death, but this man, Jesus, took death and turned it to life. Adam took a paradise and turned it to a waste, and he, and he howled in the wilderness, but this man came back and turned the earth rocking and reeling with destruction. He's coming back to take it back to Eden again. He said, Adam took innocent and turned it to guilt, but this one took guilt and turned it back to righteousness. 
Hallelujah. Adam took the life of fellowship and joy with God and turned it into a desert of spiritual darkness that brought forth sin and moral decay, pain, suffering, delusion, corruptions, and wars within the soul of man. But this man, from all the tragic death and degradation that filled mankind, brought forth a life of righteousness and beauty so that as sin once reigned unto death, even so now men now reign in righteousness by one Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And here he is walking in the midst. The one who brought death into life. The one who brings sickness into health. Here he is walking in the midst. The one who took a sinful conditioned person and tore down in howling wilderness and he turned it into a garden of Eden. It is he that's walking in our midst. Can you get a glimpse of him tonight? Amen. It's more than just a song leader or a preacher or some musician and a few good songs, but it's he that's walking among us. Hallelujah. It's he that's in the midst of whom he has redeemed. What were those who were redeemed? Many were, were many like Paul, murderers, corruptors, were many like dying thieves, robbers, men killers, but all trophies of his grace, all brought back from the dead. Oh, hallelujah. I'm happy to announce tonight the grave, amen, has lost its power. Amen. The grave has lost his power because he giveth the victory. Amen. He brought, amen, he brought victory over death, hell, and the grave. He giveth the victory all through the Bible. When Adam and Eve fell, he came and brought it and brought victory in a fallen condition. He provided a lamb to bring them back into fellowship with God. Come on, somebody. When Noah was there in his moment and, and all the sin that was in the earth and all the things that was going on, he brought victory to Noah and provided a way of escape. Hallelujah. He gave victory to Abraham and Jehovah Jireh, El Shaddai. Amen. From a barren to a fruitful, he gave victory to him. He gave victory to Jacob, a deceiver. Amen. To make him a prince with God. Come on, somebody. He gave victory to Moses, hiding on the backside of a desert, turned him from a coward to a conqueror. He gave victory to Joshua, and he broke down the walls, and he opened up the promised land to them. He gave victory to the Shamgars and the Davids and the Daniels and the three Hebrew children. He gave victory to the lame when he came, the blind, the deaf, and the dead. He destroyed the works of Satan. Hallelujah. And, he, and every claim Satan had and every power Satan had was over. He gave victory to 120 in the upper room, Peter and Paul, and changed their lives forever. And then he gave a victory through the dark ages. It was him in the midst. It was him moving among his people. It was him doing these things. And he hath given you the victory. Hallelujah. I turned to Revelation 1.12. I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and I saw seven golden candlesticks. John does not say he's seen one whose voice he heard. He turned to see the voice. I like that. He turned to see the voice. The voice and the person are one and the same, Jesus the Word. But he saw, turned and he saw seven golden candlesticks. They were lampstands. To represent the churches, they can hardly be candles, you know, because a candle, you can light a candle and it burns out. So this light can never go out. 
It had to continue all the way down through seven church ages. Amen. But in a candle, there was no lasting quality. And so we also, as we read in Zechariah, we saw the picture of the lamp of the olive trees that stood by. Amen. The, the Old and the New Testament. And we saw that it was pulling. Amen. Amen. From the Old and the New Testament. And of course, the oil typifies the Holy Ghost that's in there. Who alone can give light of God to people. And the angel spoke to Zechariah saying, this, what you see, means that the church cannot accomplish anything on its own might or power. Come on, Samson. We can't accomplish anything on our own might or power. It takes the anointing of the Holy Ghost. But if you notice uh, the lampstand, if we, we would go into it, it would have a large bowl or a reservoir. And out of that reservoir came all of these lampstands coming right out. And the bowl was filled with olive oil flowing through the seven wicks as they were placed in there. It was the same oil that burns and makes lights all the way down from the first all the way down to the last. And this light never went out. Hallelujah. Amen. They just kept being poured the oil into the bowl. Hello, somebody. Keep pouring the oil into the bowl. And this lamp was lit in a special way. The priest took a fire, a fire, coal of fire off the sacred altar that was originally lighted by the fire of God. And they would bring it to the first lamp and light it, and the second lamp and light it, and the third, fourth, fifth, all the way down to the seventh, until all of them were burning. This holy fire from the altar being passed from lamp to lamp is a wonderful type of the Holy Spirit in the seven church ages. The original outpouring of Pentecost, which outpouring came direct from Jesus on the mercy seat. Amen. The original outpouring came direct from Jesus on the mercy seat. That's in the church age book. It's in doing his church through all seven church ages. Hallelujah. And showing forth perfectly that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if we saw Jesus operating one way in the first church age, wouldn't he also operate the same way in this age? Wouldn't it also be the same power, the same vindication, the same word, the same anointing, the same ability, the same everything? Would well, have to be for he wouldn't be the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, it's a never-changing God showing that he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And he begins to talk about how that you can take a branch and you could, you could take an orange tree and you can cut it and you can place a, a pear, or another citrus fruit in there in it, and you could graft it and it would bring forth, you know, maybe it was a grapefruit and it would bring forth life, but it could never produce oranges. It would always produce what life was in it, even though it was grafted. And he said, you know, or lemon or whatever, it would, it would grow, it would, it would bear fruit, it would put out leaves. It was thriving off that tree. But if that tree ever puts forth another branch, if it's an orange tree, it'll put forth another orange branch. Hallelujah. Because the life in the limb and the life in the trunk are identical or otherwise, so otherwise it would be a grafted branch. But we are not a grafted branch. The first light, second light, third light, fourth light, fifth light, sixth light, and seventh light are all from the same source. Amen. Amen from the same root. Amen. They will not bear anything other than what the original bore. Hallelujah. 
That's the way the church is. Amen. You know, you know, it's whether well, these limbs are being being grafted in of Pentecostals or Baptists or Methodists or Presbyterian denominational seeds. Amen. Producing denominational fruits. He said, but if it'll ever come back to bring forth another branch, it'll bear exactly what the vine life is. It will be the same kind of branch that was brought forth at Pentecost. Hello, somebody. It'll be the same that was brought forth at Pentecost. It'll speak in tongues. It'll prophesy. It'll have power. It'll have signs of the resurrected Jesus Christ in it because it's thriving on the resource of the vine itself. He giveth us the victory. It's thriving on the resource of the vine itself. Amen. The, the branch is not producing its own power or its own abilities or its own works. If it's connected directly all the way down the same life flowing through it, it's a life of the vine. And so it's going to produce the same life that the vine produced. And the vine walked up to a, a grave that was covered. And his friend was in there named Lazarus. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Amen. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. Yeah. If that vine can do that, can't this same branch do it? Amen. Come on, somebody. We ought to be expecting him among us. It's his life. It's his vine. It's him. It's not me that I'm trying to produce something. It's coming out of me. Because you're connected to the, to the vine. He says, see, he said, we, he said, he talks about each messenger represented there. You know, they're connected to the same source, but he brings it on down. He says, see, not only do we speak of the messengers, but every true believer is dramatically depicted here. Oh, I love that. God went through dramatics. He went through everything that he could. He showed every sign that he could that you are connected. We're all drawing from the same source. We have been dipped in the same bowl. They're dead to themselves. Their lives are here with Christ and God. They're sealed by the Holy Ghost. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of your redemption. No man can pluck them out of our hands, his hands. Their lives cannot be tampered with. The visible life is burning, shining, giving light and manifestation of the Holy Ghost. The inner invisible life is hidden in God and fed by the Lord's word. Satan cannot touch them. Satan cannot touch them. Not even death can touch them. Death has lost its sting. The grave has lost its victory. Thanks be to God, they have this victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. He goes on in Revelations, on down in Revelations 1, 17 and verse 18. He said, when I saw him, I fell out his feet as dead. He laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and have the keys of hell and death. He said, See, John fell to his feet as though dead, but the hand of the Lord touched him and said, Fear not, don't be afraid. I am he that's in the midst. What is there to fear? The judgment that fell on him at the cross and at the grave when he descended was for us. 
He absorbed the full brunt of the sin and, and the condemnation. He absorbed it all. See, for surety, our eternity is our judge. He's both attorney, attorney and judge. As a judge, he says, case is settled. Case is settled. It's finished. There is now, therefore, no condemnation. Oh, mountain. Oh, grave, where is your still oh, condemnation? Where is your victory? What you need to understand is God has done dealt with that condemnation. He's done dealt with that stuff that's trying to hang over you. When you when you repented of it, it was done, sealed, and delivered and over with. It's the devil that's trying to hang it back over you. You need to look at that mountain and say, Mountain, who do you think you are? Past, who do you think you are? Devil, who do you think you are? I have won the victory through Jesus Christ. What a promise. Why should we fear death? It's been overcome. Why should we fear the grave? It's been overcome. He conquered it. And now he's descended. He that descended is now ascended above all and under him has been given a name that is above every name. Oh, hallelujah. And I, I don't know what y'all got going on tonight, but we're at church. He was given a name above every name. So he that is our miss is a name higher than whatever you're dealing with. He's greater than whatever you're going through. He's got the answer for it. He's in our midst. He's in the midst of our storm. He's in, the, he's in our boat. He's right here with us. He's not somewhere off somewhere in the high by and by and sitting over there twiddling his thumb. No, he is in the midst of his church. He is right here on a Wednesday night and he knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly the death that's trying to knock on your door. He knows exactly the sin that's haunting you and trying to pull you back down. He knows all about it. He is in the midst and his name is greater than sickness. His name is greater than any devil of torment. His name is greater than condemnation. His name is greater than any kind of thing that you can face tonight. He's greater. Can we say it tonight? He's greater. Come on, say it with all your heart. Look at, look, listen, look at your problem and say, he's greater. Whoa, hallelujah. Look at devil right in the eyes and say, my God, he's greater. My God's more powerful. My God's able even now. It may seem impossible, but my God is able even now. It don't matter how far it looks gone. It don't matter how bad it looks. It don't look with these eyes. Look with this unfailing word of promise. Even now he's able. Believest thou this? Whoo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He has a name that is above every name. Give me a second. He conquered death, he conquered hell, he conquered the grave, and has the keys. Satan don't even have the keys to his own house. So he can't tell anywhere where to go. Come on, somebody. He can't tell anybody where to go. What God looses is loosed, and what he binds is bound. There's no changing it. 
Whoa, hallelujah. There was no conqueror before him, and there's none beside him. He alone is Savior. He alone is Redeemer. He's the only God. The Lord Jesus Christ is his name. Amen. He is a champion of champions. Oh, hallelujah. I've never seen him come into one battle that he didn't go out packing the victory. He faced cancer and overcoming. He faced uh, sugar diabetes and overcoming. He faced every, whatever kind of sickness you want to name. He's overcame every one of them. He's overcome drugs and alcohol and, and cigarettes and sins of every kind and every denial. He's overcome it all. Champion of champions. A God of gods. And he's in our midst. What kind of faith should we have tonight to realize the same God that loosed Lazarus and said, let Lazarus come forth. Is the same God here tonight. Oh, what faith would you have when you realize that same God that said, Lazarus, come forth. Is in the building. Whoo. No, here's the kind of faith. Don't fear, John. Who's John representing? You. Don't fear, little bride. Don't fear, little flock. All that I am, you're an heir to. All my power is yours. Listen, we're not talking about the president of the United States. We're not talking about Bill Gates. All his power is yours. What? Man, how would you rejoice tonight if you got all the power Bill Gates had and his money to go with it? Woo! Uh, come on, let's be real. Seriously. Man, we'd be dancing and shouting and all kinds of stuff we had that. You know, if all of a sudden it was given, we got a letter in the mail certified from the whatever saying this is it, you're the man. Would you not? Or would you go rot it up and throw it in the trash somewhere and say, well, it's just Wednesday night? <laughs> hey, what would you do with it? Right. Ah, it's Wednesday. Who's going to send me something on a Wednesday like this? That's crazy. I mean, you have just been given all the power to, of the whole, let's say the whole world has been given to you. Yep. We're not even talking about that. We're talking about he who's in our midst. Who's over? Who's who's got the power over every kingdom? Every kingdom. It don't matter what it is, what country it is, Russia, U.S. He's got the power over it. Amen. It's 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 ultimately uh, uh, coming. He's got it all in control. Our orchestrating every behind that. You don't got to worry about what's going. Conspiracy theory. Forget it. God's got it figured out already. Let him worry about it. Amen. But we get into all that, but. We're not talking about limited power. You can go to the end of President Trump or President whatever president or Bill Gates or whatever, and they got a limit to their power. They got a limit to what they can do. Sooner or later, their money will run out. Sooner or later, it'll be gone. Sooner or later, they'll be dust and not even thought about anymore. Sooner or later, it'll be over. But we ain't talking about President Trump here telling you this. We're talking about Jesus Christ saying, all my power is yours. Oh, mountain, who do you think you are? Hallelujah. Oh, devil that's standing in our way. Who do you think you are? You devil.
devil has got my son and daughter tied up. Who do you think you are? Come on, somebody. You devil has got my body all afflicted. Who do you think you are? All power is mine. He has given it unto me. He wrote me out a check and said, fill it out. And you ain't got to worry about his power to heal running out or his power to overcome running out or his power to believe. It ain't ever going to run out. Hallelujah. I have not come to bring fear and failure. Oh, hallelujah. But love and courage and ability. All power is given unto me and it is yours to use. Did you hear that word? All power was given to me, and it's yours to use. You speak the word, and I'll perform it. That's my covenant, and it will not fail. Oh, we ought to have some rejoicing and some speaking going on. Amen. He says, speak the word, and I'll perform it. Who walketh in the midst of the seven candlesticks. He said, how meaningful are these words when viewed in the light of the Scripture which describes him as Christ in our lives. Or Christ who is our life. For Christ indeed is the life of the church. She has no other life. Without him, she's simply a religious society, a club, amen, a meaningless gathering of people. That's what we are if he ain't here. I don't care what kind of name we got over our door. It don't matter. If he ain't here, we're a meaningless gathering of people. Amen. Hallelujah. He said a corpse bejeweled and dressed is still a corpse. So the church, no matter what programs, what gracious efforts she might try, without Christ, she is a corpse. In other words, let's bring it on down to you. Without Christ, you're dead. Without him living through you, you are dead. You say, I'm alive. Look at me. Hello. I'm, no, I ain't what I'm talking about. You're dead. Churches say the same thing. We're alive. Look at our programs. We got the Grinch. I didn't finish that the other night. His new series this year is a New Year's Revolution. You know where it comes from? His inspiration is the Beatles. Church playing rock and roll. Seems like we got it figured all out, and we got this one over here crucified, and that one over there crucified, and we don't even know even if that's even what Brother Branham saw. Them people are trying their best. There might be one soul that comes to Christ through that music. I, it ain't no soul going to come to Christ through no big Beatles music. Hello, somebody. And this church is sweeping America. It ain't just one little church. It's sweeping America. It's becoming known as America's church. And all they got to offer is a New Year's rev, rev, revolution. And they got the picture of the Beatles. You know what they said? So we're going to go and we're going to go back to Paul McCartney and see how he went back. And they watch this film up there. This is their sermon. They watch their film up there, Paul McCartney, going back to looking at where he came from and all his life and all of that. You know what the pastor said? The pastor said it's all right to look back. Bunch of sodomites. It ain't all right to look back. 
It ain't all right to look back to nothing that was back there. Amen. We don't want nothing that was back there. We want who's right here. Amen. He said he's in this very hour, this very hour, he's walking in the midst of the last ages golden stick, golden candlestick. The last age. Seventh, he said, is the last age. Amen. What he was when he walked in the first age, he's the same even now as he walks in the last age. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he is required in, you know, every church age, he said, to him that overcometh. There's to be an overcomer from every age. And so any, any, any time that that was promised, there was also a spirit that anoint that age to give them strength to overcome. Amen. Amen. We know about the, the, the horse riders and, uh, that are riding and have ridden, but we also there's four beasts that were given power also. Amen. The man, the ox, the lion, and the eagle. They were anointings that came down upon each and age. Some of them carried over, you know, more than one age. But, you know, it, it was showing, amen, that there is a power to give victory in their age. And in every age, there was a promise of an overcomer. He was so confident that he would write it in his word, and he would say, to him that overcometh. Overcome means to stand the test. It means to remain. Those that are alive and remain, overcome. That overcome in their hour, amen, of temptation. All the old saints like Jesus did, amen, amidst all of his enemies, he stood the test. All these saints we just read about or talked about, Moses and Noah and all them, they stood the test for their age and for their time, and they overcome. And so now he is promising through every church age to be there an overcomer. I mean, he knows that in the last days, as Brother Branham said, the last age, he said, there's going to be an overcomer. Not Brother Branham, Jesus said. He said, to him that overcometh, right there in our age. You can read it in Revelation 3. But Jesus showed what it was going to be to be an overcomer. He faced every test. He come against them all. He come to funerals and he overcame. He come to blind men and he overcame. He come to all kinds of halt and crippled and lame and he overcame. He come to a grave and he overcame. He come to his own death, burial, and resurrection and he overcame. And he's looking for more of the same. In the presence of death, he overcame. He overcome it. In the presence of hell, right in the midst of hell, he went down and preached to the souls that were in prison. He overcame hell. In the presence of the grave, he overcame the grave. All by the word. Hello, somebody. All by the word. Amen. There's our example. He defeated everything. Sure, temptation was there. The Bible said he was tempted in all points like we are, yet without sin. He was tempted by drinking. He was tempted by women. He was tempted by everything that could be tempted by. He was tempted by everything that we are tempted by. Yet he overcame. Yet being a man, you couldn't put a mark on him. Amen. Overcome means you recognize the devil and every one of his tricks. 
Listen, overcoming doesn't mean you're not going to face temptation. Overcoming means when temptation comes at you, you're going to overcome it. You're going to rise above it. You're not going to be defeated. It's going to be defeated. You're not going down. It's going down. You're not losing the victory. It's going to lose the victory. You're not going to be bound. It's going to be bound. Lots of people says, you know, he says there's no devil. He says, that's just a thought. Don't even believe that. There's a real devil. But you must recognize he's real. And he comes at you day after day. Amen. He comes. He's against you. Let's, let's just let it be known in case it ain't. The devil is against you. He's not for you. He could care less about you. He's not, he's against you, amen. The same time you need to recognize and know he's a devil and he's against you to overcome him, you must recognize that the God that's in you is greater and mightier than he is. Oh, we ought to be walking out of here victorious tonight to realize maybe you was down today and you've been depressed or, or whatever's going on, anxiety and fear. What you need to realize is when he's come against you, you recognize it's a devil. How do I recognize it's a devil? When he's telling you something that's not the word, it's a devil. Every time when he's talking to you and it don't line up to the word, it is a devil. So if he tells you you're not a son, that's against the word of God because the word says I'm a son. Amen. Amen. If if he tells you you're not going to overcome, that you're going to just go a few days or a few weeks or a few years and you're going to fall off. No, sir. The same power that kept Peter, that kept Paul, that kept them down to the church ages is going to keep me. I ain't going back. I ain't turning around. I ain't giving up. We're going to stand here until the rapture takes place. And then if I happen to go by the grave, I'm going to come up. Hallelujah. We're a winner either way. Take that devil. Who do you think you are? You can take me down into an old grave, but there ain't no grave that's going to hold this body down. Hallelujah. You can put me off somewhere in a river. You can put me in an ocean somewhere. You can drop me off wherever you want to. But when that trumpet sounds, this body's coming out of there. Hallelujah. One day we're going to see our loved ones. One day we're going to be here alive and remain. might be tonight. Woo, what kind of service would that be? Hallelujah. We ought to be expecting it any day. Not somewhere in the far by and by, but we ought to be expecting any moment. Anytime the dead in Christ is going to rise, they're going to walk in this room or they're going to walk in your house or they're going to step into your car as you're going down the road. So any day is going to happen. This immortality is going to put on, this mortality is going to put on immortality. This corruption, incorruption. He says, see, some of us look back, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. See, right there, you're defeated. There's no condemnation to them which are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Then you realize you're overcome. You know that he's a devil. You can't say, I got a sickness, and I don't believe it's a sickness. Oh, it's just a sickness. You got a cancer, I don't believe it's a cancer. It's a cancer. But no matter what it is, remember, your God is greater. 
greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. We must recognize that the Holy Spirit that's in you has already overcome the thing. There's no thing new to God. Death ain't no big deal. Cancer ain't no big deal. Sickness, whatever it is, sin, it ain't no big deal to God. He's already overcame it. Overcome. The God that's in you is greater than the one that's in him. The God of the world is not as great as the God of heaven, which is in you no more than the darkness to stand in the presence of light. The darkness cannot stand in the presence of light. I don't care how dark it is. Light will put it out. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. I don't care how bad your situation is, how dark it is. Let the light of the word shine on it. It'll put it out. It'll shut up that howling voice. You're free. He that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. If you look back, you're condemned when you're still, you look back to the world, but if you're living above that and you're looking towards Calvary, he that's in you has led you above the darkness. You know, it tells about a lily that was born in the mud down there in the old darkest old pit of the mud, an old dirty pond. Us in Louisiana, we know what dirty water is. You go into it and you can't, you open your eyes and you probably don't really want to, but if you do, you ain't going to see nothing, even if you got some kind of thing over your eyes. We got dirty water. Lily's born down in the bottom of it. It's old dirty pond. You ever been in an old pond? How many ever been in an old pond? Oh, yeah. You know, when, I shouldn't even tell that. <laughs> we as kids, you know, me and my cousins, Daniel and Matthew, we swim in them old ponds. Man, nasty. I wouldn't even think about it today. You know, it's funny. We'd go jump in that. You get in a little pool that's green. You don't want to get in it. It's a little green. But we go jump in an old dirty pond. Don't think nothing about it. But you step down. I've stepped in them ponds, and you sink up to almost your knees in them. I remember... I remember when we went over to uh, Mississippi with Brother Joe there and preached some meetings. Remember that? And baptized your uncle there. And, man, we tried to, we walked, I don't know, you walked five, it looked like 500 yards out there in that old dirty, nasty thing. I walked out there sinking every bit up to my knees, stromping through there, and old Lily's born down in the bottom of it. But that Lily's predestinated to life. There ain't enough mud that can keep it down in there. There ain't enough darkness. I wish I had the picture a brother shared today of a tree. It was a big old boulder that was looked like it's probably this big around, that tall. And right out of the middle of it, this tree had broke that thing apart and it come to life. <laughs> that rock lost its power. That rock said, I'm greater, I'm mightier, I'm heavier. You're going to stay down there? That tree said, no, I something pulling me. Started just, I found a little crack in that rock's defense and it just started pushing up, pushing up. What was going on? There was something up here that was drawing it. There was a light that was shining down on it. And it was shining down upon that seed buried under that rock. And that rock, had that seed down there was predestinated to life and had to come forth. There wasn't a power that could hold it there. It wasn't a power that could keep it there. It would be, it actually broke that rock apart to come forth unto the sunlight. Grave, where's your power? You've lost the victory. I'm looking at seeds that were predestinated to life here tonight. And rocks of hell had cast themselves down as trying to keep sons and daughters from rising. 
trying to keep it down and pressing and pressing. But there was a power up here greater than the rock that was holding. And it began to pull, and it began to pull, and that seed broke that rock. Some of you broke through all kinds of sins and curses, all kinds of generational curses, things that try to hold you from years. But there was a sunlight that was shining on your life, and you was predestined, oh, glory to God, you was predestinated to life, and there wasn't a devil in hell that could cover you deep enough or hard enough or great enough or dark enough that you wasn't coming to life. Hallelujah. We ought to rejoice tonight because we have come into the presence of the Son. Oh, grave, where's your victory? Cigarettes, where's your victory at tonight? Drugs, where's your victory at tonight? Sexual sins, where's your victory at tonight? You have been defeated by the power that was given to the church of God. That lily, he would begin to press out of that mud. Oh, muddy place, dark place. He just said, there's something drawing me. I got to go. I can't stay here. Oh, hallelujah. I got to push out. I got to go. It pressed its way through. It overcome the old crusty shell at the bottom. It'll overcome the old mud. You know, if you step deep enough through that mud, you'll hit a, a place there in the bottom that's firm. It overcome that old firm spot down there. Broke through. Still had mud. It's pushing. Pushing. Comes up into the waters in this old dirty, nasty water. Darkness everywhere. The darkest age there ever was to live in. But something's still pushing. It's going to the top. You could hear that lily sing. It'd sing. He'd be singing. I feel the pull. I hear the call. I know my the spirits moving me to give my all. It speaks to me. Hey, Lily, you don't belong there. That ain't who you are. And I agree. I'm coming, Jesus. Lord, please come and take control. I feel the pull. How many lilies tonight feel the pull? There's a power that is pulling this church greater than the power of Laodicea. Greater than the horse riders that are riding, whether it be a pale horse that begin to ride, it don't matter. There's a power greater. That great Papa Eagle flying over that old barnyard looking for his son. There he is, my son. Who are you? I'm your father. Oh, I knew I didn't ever belong here. I knew this wasn't my home. I knew this was not what I was born to be. I knew I wasn't born to be old druggie or old prostitute or some born in some creeds and dogmas. I wasn't born to be defeated. I was born to be an overcomer. Oh, grave, you've lost your power. Hallelujah. I'm looking at young people that can look at graves of pornography and graves of sin and can look at right in the eye and say, you lost your power. Hallelujah. I'm looking.
looking at elders in this church that will look at an old lukewarm devil and say, you lost your power. Hallelujah. There's a power greater here in this building. There's a power greater than lukewarmness. Come on, somebody. There's the same spirit that fell on the day of Pentecost. It's in this building tonight. Do you feel the pull? Do you feel the call? Will you answer back and say, Lord, I agree. I'm coming, Jesus. I'm coming up. He hath given the victory. Hallelujah. If you need victory tonight, reach up and grab that victory. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Why? Not by my might, not by my power, but by his spirit. Oh, hallelujah. That spirit is in the building tonight. Will you respond to it? He's in our midst right now. Will you respond to his call? You don't belong down there. That's not who you are. You are called for a higher calling. You're called for a greater place. Arise and come out of that thing. He hath given the victory. It ain't something you got to do. There's a power that's lifting you up. Woo! I say, oh, Spirit of God, move. Move in this place. Move in every heart. Move in every family. Move in every father, every mother, every daughter, every son. Spirit of God, move. Do you hear the calling of the moving of the Spirit? Then why don't you begin to move with it? Say, God, I receive it right now. I'm calling on you, Lord, to move in my situation. I'm going to speak the word, and you're going to perform it. I'm going to say it right now, and you're going to do it. Hallelujah. You weren't born for the valley. You was born for the sky. Get out of your doldrums. Get out of your depression. Move into the higher heights of God right now. Say, God, I'm leaving this place. I ain't got the power to do it, but I'm just going to spread my wings and let the power of God sweep through here and lift me up out of the shadow of the death and the fear of evil. I'm going to let it all go, and I'm going to hold on to you right now. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He hath given the victory. Some of you need to look those devils in the eye and say, who you think you are? I'm a son of God. He's been telling you, who do you think you are? Turn it on him. Turn it on him right now in the power and the presence of God. Say, who do you, old mountain? Who do you think you are? Before this service is over, you ain't even going to resemble the same thing. You will be as a plane, as nothing. You have lost your power. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord God, we love you, Father. We praise your holy name. We lift you up, God. There's none like you. You have given the victory. You set every person in this building free. You can set them right now free of sickness, of fear, and unbelief, and spirits of hell that would try to hold a daughter of God or a son of God. They are, don't have to be held not one moment longer. We'll let your spirit sweep through this building as you did back on the 120,000 as it came through the building as a rushing mighty wind. May that same God move in this place tonight in every heart, every family, in every life. Lift us up, I pray. Break every chain. In Jesus' name.
grave has no more power. If you could realize your enemy right now has no power, he can't hold you not one moment longer. Oh, what victory would come into your heart when you realize your old taskmaster's dead? That spirit of affliction is over. There's a greater power here. I feel the power.